0: side
1: welcome to another edition of nerdificent i'm one half of your host danny fernandez sitting across from me as always
0: iffy wadiway first last now it's time to blast
1: no i think you said that there are other isn't there like one other iffy waddy Wadiway or something?
0: There there are other iffies. There are other iffy Okay. But I am the iffy Wadiway. There's close, there's a there's a iffy even within my family, but he's not a Wadiway. so. Back off, Iffy.
1: Do you remember? Okay, so <laughs> I sent ify this thing because my uh longstanding joke is that there is another Danny Fernandez, spelled the same D-A-N-I. It's a guy in Spain. He's Mm a a part of a boy band. And so it's just funny to me. I'm like, oh, just give me, because that was always, you know, this is politically incorrect now, but like back then that was like, oh, that's the girl way to spell Danny. And so I was able to like differentiate in some way. But I was looking up, I had to do a press release for something. So I was looking up photos. And so I Googled Danny Fernandez, like my name, Danny Fernandez. And I scrolled all the way back. Oh, Danny Fernandez Ralph, because it was like a press release, like one of the Wreck-It Ralph ones. And this guy... Was involved in the first Wreck-It Ralph. He was like, I think he did some of the Spanish music for the, uh, when it went over there, when it was translated. Yeah. I was like, what? So this that's Danny so Fernandez funny. was involved in Ralph before me? Can I not escape this man?
0: He's, he's right on your I was tail. like, what the heck? He, no, he that's
1: my franchise. He's like, nah. And it he's, was like, no, this man was involved in it two years before me. Uh It is painful. Danny Fernandez. One day we will meet. One day he and I will put a put apart. I think he blocked me. It's just like we'll meet and we won't be rivals. There's another Danny. It's spelled D-A-N-N-Y, though. Um, I think he's a magician and he does. He is on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, I'm popping up there, too. Mm -hmm. I got something happen on Netflix, too. I'm a pop up. We'll see who takes over the Danny Fernandez. We'll see. Iffy, what are you geeking out about?
0: Oh man. Uh, I think what I'm geeking about is that Black Widow trailer. You know, I'm curious to see what happens with this. I mean, you know, we we know her fate in Endgame. So I don't know it's gonna be interesting because will they stick to their to their guns and uh and like end it? Or is this movie gonna end in some type of like, oh, actually she that would be still wild. alive, you know. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised, but honestly, oof. What
1: I found fascinating, which also dropped uh, today, so we're recording this a Tuesday before when you hear this, is the James Bond posters, Mm. which is funny because someone tweeted and said, This is why, when the James Bond posters, which look real good, when they dropped, someone tweeted and said, This is why we got the Black Widow trailer six hours early because it was like they were trying to offset. Yeah. uh, Woo. Yeah, those posters. mm -mm -mm. I cannot wait. Again, uh, we had an amazing uh, History of James Bond episode oh, yeah. with uh, Mark Bernardin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Lashana Lynch as Nomi, which she tweeted out her poster, taking over the 007 moniker. Very excited about it.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, it's super exciting. But I will say another thing I'm geeking about is uh, Mar- Mahershala Ali. Posted that he's going to be in season two of Rami. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I'm excited to see what that's all about. I love Mahershala. I stay in him. So now I got to go watch the first season so I can be ready for. Rami.
1: You didn't watch the first season because that's our friend, <laughs> yeah, Rami. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> look, look.
1: I know it's hard because we're all like working in TV mm. and it's hard sometimes to keep up with everybody's stuff. <laughs> uh, but go watch Rami. That is our friend. And, um, and I'm excited for the second season too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of twos and sequels, there's a sequel of a movie, of a reboot of a movie, and that's what we're here talking about today. Today, we're talking about Jumanji. Jumanji. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as you know, uh, when you're listening to this in a few days, the sequel to the reboot, which actually was really entertaining. I think no one expected much of of it because it had the like recipe for not being that great of it being a reboot. And then it has like the hottest stars, which was Kevin Hart and The Rock and Jack Black. So people were like, oh, man, but it actually turned out to be a surprise hit. And now they're bringing another one.
1: My favorite is a Jack Black character. Oh, yeah. Like that is my favorite. Just seeing him be like, guys. Yeah. Like just all in his like Valley Girl voice.
0: And he's doing such a good job because you can really feel the personality of who he's playing with Mm -hmm. each one. So I'm real excited to check that out.
1: Yeah. So um, this is something I didn't know when we were researching for this, but it actually came from a children's book.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Jumanji, I only knew it from the The movie. uh, The first movie. Yeah. But it was actually a children's book. Which was written by Chris Van Alsberg, who also wrote Polar Express.
1: Which, by the way, yes, I had that book with the bell. Came with like a little bell. Oh, really? But what was creepy is Tom Hanks' portrayal. I'm sorry. Like, it just weirds me out. Like, I love that man in everything. But I don't know why the animation in that movie, maybe it was the time I was growing up. Weirds me out.
0: No, it's it, it just the. I think it was the animation. I think a, a lot of people reference it when they talk about uncanny uncanny valley because it's just so close to real yet still CGI that it just kind of freaks your brain. No,
1: out. oh my gosh, I'm looking at pictures Oof. of it. Wait, if we look, look, at look at this man.
0: Yeah, I don't like. That's
1: it. nightmare fuel.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at him.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's. There,
1: it's like, anyways. Yeah. Um, I love learning? you Tom Hanks I love you oh did he do mocap of course he did he did motion capture I didn't know that look at this see he has the whole cap on and, and the suit and everything Yeah, I didn't realize they did that for his character it, it's just like a it, it's a beloved film and that's all I'm gonna say um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so uh, yeah, it came out in 1981. Uh, Jumanji is actually the Zulu word for many effects. So in the book, Peter and Judy are brother and sister who find themselves bored one afternoon. The board game they pick up gives them much more trouble than they bargained for. It's a picture book. The oh. narrative actually isn't in-depth, uh, obviously, as much as the film yeah. or the television show. Uh, and then when asked how he got the idea for the book, Van Alsberg said, when I was little boy and I would play games." game, Like Monopoly, they seemed kind of exciting, but when I was done with the game, all I had was fake money. So I thought that it would be fun and exciting if there was such a thing as a game board where whenever you landed on a square and it said something was going to happen, then it would really happen.
0: Yeah, I know. And this book was so good that it won a Caldecott, which uh, was an award given annually by the Association for Library Service to Children. It was a division of the American. It's a division of the American Library Association to uh, to the most distinguished American picture book uh, for children. And he won that in 1982. And the art, which was also by Van Ellsberg, was in a surrealist style, often playing with like perspective.
1: Wait, I totally did have this book.
0: Oh, wow. You had all I the bet, books. No,
1: I bet you did, too. Hang on. Look, I'm going to show you. I and can I bet-
0: guarantee you I didn't.
1: Well, look at it. Do you recognize this?
0: No, I don't recognize it.
1: Wait, wait, wait.
0: <laughs> I mean, well, it's not it's not even necessarily because I didn't have it. Just my dad, my Nigerian dad was very slow on American media. Like everything, like, like, I didn't I didn't get fancy like books like that.
1: Okay. I mean, I probably got it from the library or something, but I totally had this book. And they're right. It was very much a picture. Okay, so the picture book is kind of what I'm looking at is like black and white, um, very stylized, like contemporary looking artwork. Uh But wow, I did. I guess let me know if you had the book, if you had the Jumanji book at home and you're listening to this. I thought I didn't. But now that I'm looking at these pictures, I totally did. I recognize this cover and these kids. Uh, So the movie then came out in 1995. Uh, It took a lot of liberties with the text as it kind of needed to. There wasn't too much to work from other than like scenes of monkeys in their living room and like rhinos going through their house. Uh, The original film was actually written by Jonathan Hensley, who did Armageddon and Punisher 04.
0: a, A totally different movie than Shumanji.
1: Yeah, but also like I'm always fascinated to find fans of that Punisher. Oh yeah. Like a I lot mean, of people like it actually. I
0: know. Oh yeah, a lot of people like it. I thought you were going to say you always find it fascinating when people do such different things and then I was going to mention how the same person wrote both The Hangover Part 2, Did Chernobyl, and then did Joker.
1: <laughs> I always think I always bring up how um the Russo brothers did my favorite guilty pleasure, which is you, me and Dupree. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so they definitely have a comedy background, yeah. which you see a lot of like with uh, whatever his name is. Uh, Tony Stark calling that guy Squidward. yeah. Uh, Jim Strain also worked on it. And Greg Taylor, who wrote Harriet the Spy.
0: Still holds up, too. Oh yeah! Spy. Oh yeah! It was. I, it was on. Like I was in a hotel. And it was on, and I was watching. And I was like, "Oh, this still slaps."
1: Did you see that scene where the person they tweeted it? They were like, "Harriet did not have to go in on her like that." Oh yeah, yeah. With she, that girl, where yeah, she I was like, your "You're and pa-
0: like, goodness It gracious. was like your
1: family doesn't love you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's stuck in this board game for nearly 30 years. He's let out of the game when his, yeah, Robin William as Alan Parrish. So he's stuck in a board game for nearly 30 years. He's let out of the game when a new family moved in, uh, Kirsten Dunst and her brother mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to his old house, and the ki- kids continue to play where the original crew has left off. Also, bon- Bonnie Hunt, yeah, I remember Bonnie Hunt was in it. Uh, the movie earned. Wow, Uh, $262.8 million worldwide. I feel that was pretty big at the time. Became the 10th highest grossing film of the year. In an interview with the New York Times, director Joe Johnston, who did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, stated that the studio, which was Sony, said they would make the film if we could get Robin to do it. He had passed on the original script. A bunch of us stayed up all night doing a cut and paste job and changed a lot around. And Robin liked it enough to say yes. Gosh, I'm so
0: curious to what he didn't like about the original script.
1: I wonder if it was too kid, like, because... Jumanji the film is actually very dark and it deals with grief and loss and uh, PTSD Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's actually really heavy like it's scary
0: yeah when you think about it yeah it is truly heavy you have this guy who like essentially is trapped in a game for 30 years. He was a kid when it happened. And now he's like 30 years in the future and he like meets his crush. It's, it's wild. They never really truly, uh, I would love the, like after Jumanji when they're teaching this kid, everything he should know now as a 30 year old.
1: Well, my, well, they do, uh, they do, you know, get to in the end, end up together and then they go and, um, Judy and her brother's Judy and her brother uh, they like go to their Christmas party and their parents are like oh well, we're going to go skiing and they're like don't go Yeah, because <laughs> that's how they lost their parents. Yeah. Um. So he also said every Monday night Robin went to a comedy club in Vancouver and did an hour and a half of improv with the locals then another hour and a half of solo stand up God that's a lot. Three hours of burning off ex-esteem. He was glorious said Jonathan Hyde. Uh, that was the actor that played Alan's father yes and the big game hunter yes Yes, he played both the villain and his dad. A very uh, Captain, a very Hook uh, thing.
0: Um, And yeah, it's it's so interesting reading about like Robin doing improv and comedy. Because that was the one train I missed. And I truly, that's the one. I have very few regrets in my life. One of my biggest regrets is, I guess, at ucb robin williams used to go to the jams and he would just go up and perform and so people used to be able to perform so there are people at ucb now to this day who got to perform improv with them and i was like man if i just would have started a little earlier, because it was only like not too long ago like not too long after i started yeah Uh, but anyway uh back to jumanji uh, Bradley Pierce, who was chip and beauty and the beast who played Peter recalled the gifts that William gave to the cast. So Robin, he would give the cast, I guess, hardbound copies of the script as rap gifts. And then he Aww. would sign them. He wrote something like you were a great monkey boy and a pleasure to work with. You have a bright future ahead. And he was very much an inspiration, not as a performer, but as a person. I love hearing stories like that because like, that's who the type of person I always, uh, want to be like on set. There was a on the uh, now it's out. I can talk about it in Wizard School Dropout. Um, anyone who actually like went through and watched and played it, uh, it's on Echo. Uh, uh, is it a uh, helloecho.com dot com or you can download the app. But there was uh, the actor who plays like the creepy dude at the bar with me. He came and he had gifts for everyone. And I was like, I've never That's done that. So and nice. gotta, I got to do that. I got to bring little gifts.
1: When I get really stressed on set, my my what I always tell myself is you have the ability to make people feel good. Yeah. Like I do know that about myself. And it's like, how can I make someone feel good today? Like someone that's working on set or crew person, like whatever. How can I make someone laugh or feel uh, acknowledged? Yeah. So the effects ate most of the film's $50 million budget, which now when you watch it, (laughs) it kind of holds up a little.
0: Yeah, but you are like, okay.
1: Uh, It's a product of its time. But most (laughs) of the movie still looks good ish yeah. um while the film was a financial success many critics worried that the picture would be too scary for children i mean yeah. honest to god it probably is middle school and up i want to yeah. like maybe fifth grade i think if i i couldn't show it to my niece who's four or anywhere around that age i think it would be way too scary yeah i mean you literally have a like a hunter yeah like hunting you down with his rifle oh yeah Roger Ebert said, Jumanji is being promoted as a jolly holiday season of (laughs) entertainment with ads that show Robin Williams with a twinkle in his eye. The movie itself is likely to send younger children fleeing from the theater or hiding in their parents' arms. Those who do sit all the way through it are likely to toss and turn with nightmares inspired by its frightening images. And he's not entirely wrong.
0: Yeah, he's not entirely wrong, but I wouldn't go all too, I feel like he he put a little sauce on that. It's definitely
1: not a holiday. I mean, there's- The Santa Claus. Causes. I
0: remember what was terrifying for me in my young age was that elephant scene with the stampede and they yeah. hide in the car and like they're being crushed yeah. in a car. Like, that was a really intense scene.
1: I think for me it was the spider, mm, like the huge spider. Yeah. Also, the like boy getting the tail, like turning yeah. into a monkey. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the wasps, actually. The like hornets. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember this all. Um, so we are going to take a really quick break and then we'll hop back more into Jumanji and the future of Jumanji. But first we wanted to talk to you a little bit about away bags, which I have one. And if he has one. Oh yeah, I look, I know we geeked out about this before, yeah. but it's sleek as heck. i wanted one for so long. I think I told y'all, but I uh, totally geeked out about Jennifer Rubio after listening to her. She's a, a fabulous woman of color who created this, this brand these away bags she saw a a whole a need uh as far as luggage and traveling and uh just created something that was super sleek and great for professionals but it also and also like game like people that are need to charge their phones like there's so many cool tech things about it but
0: yeah i mean it has like it all because it looks good it functions really well like the all 360 roller wheels means that yeah. I can just walk. I'm never pulling. I remember a friend of the pod, Kelly Nugent, she has an Away bag, too. And we were talking about how we're done pulling. We're never pulling a bag. We're just rolling it with us. But then also the, all the compartments are set up, too, in such a way. Like y'all know, I'm a huge sneaker head, And they have a side of the bag where you can leave all your shoes. So it, it's separate from the clothes but it has enough space so that you can still put your clothes in it and that enough makes it worth it for me. I'm loving it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it has like a really cool shell with like a double exterior so it can withstand Any type of travel that you might have. Um, And like if he says it has an interior organization system, it has like a built-in compression pad to help you pack. There's also a laundry bag Mm -hmm. uh, and then a portable charging thing, which is what I need. If you guys ever look at my screenshots, my (laughs) battery's always on 2%. Um, And yeah, they're just... They're super sleek, and we actually have a cool offer for y'all. Uh, you can get $20 off any suitcase or bag. You just have to visit awaytravel.com slash nerd and use promo code nerd during checkout.
0: Yeah, yeah. So just remember, it's awaytravel.com slash nerd. And use the promo code NERD.
1: And you get a 100-day trial on everything Away Makes. Uh, it's designed to last a lifetime. So if your suitcase breaks, they have customer service team that will arrange it to be fixed or replaced. And they also offer free shipping and returns on any orders uh, in the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, get your Away bag so you can get away. And we are back talking about Shumanji. Uh, it's great and we pretty much were talking about the earlier movie with uh uh Robin Williams and it was it was a hit uh there was uh it also led to a TV series that had three seasons between 1996 and 1999 and I remember that it ran for three seasons it aired on UPN and they had 40 episodes but it excluded the kids like super cool aunt a uh, and the kids were sucked back in the game, and they had to help out and find the clues he needed to escape. And uh, you can actually stream it on Hulu right now. What?
1: Yeah. Oh, I want to go watch it. Oh, yeah. And- well, another thing is that I i don't know. I guess I always thought the board game just existed, but it didn't. Milton Bradley, of course, yeah. was like saw this and saw dollar signs. And so they came out with a board game after the film was released because it was so popular. It featured many of the main plot points in the film. Uh, and I think you can still get it now. It looks like it it's worth a hundred bucks though. Okay. The game board from the original film sold for over 60,000. Now that is something if I had a ton of money, I kind of would want because do you remember the one in the movie? It like had that big um, glass dome in the middle and it like kind of showed when they would roll the die. Also the die was cool. The board itself, like in the actual movie was wooden. It was in great, like engraved, It was super cool. So that was worth sixty thousand uh, dollars. But I think the the board game, which I don't know if they still have out now, but it looks like you can get one from the nineties. That's like about a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, Bandai Namco Entertainment Europe, Outright Games, and Funsolve have teamed up with Sony Pictures to make a video game based on the latest Jumanji movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it just came out. So that's a that's a fresh one. If y'all want to hit it up.
1: And then. What's cool is that the success of the original Jumanji is what led to the film adaptation of The Polar Express. So Chris Van Allsburg's Jumanji being adapted into this film that did so well that he was able to adapt other works of his. Pretty neat. You know what? This is so fascinating. So Jumanji and and Sony are now facing off twice in the box office against a Star Wars film. So The Last Jedi in 2017 and The Rise of Skywalker will premiere the week following the third installment of Jumanji. I find that really fascinating that like they keep butting up against each other. Yeah. Pretty sure I can tell which one is going to win there. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's also cool to see The Rock. Yeah. Um,
0: oh man um but yeah speaking of the rock one so we were talking about the classic jumanji and all that but there was a reboot and like i said you know uh people people weren't ready but they were
1: would you call this a reboot um because alan parish yeah. exists in this he exists right yes yeah
0: yeah so okay it's, it's like technically yeah sequel. i wouldn't it's almost like a sequel yeah because it's not even like the it's the game doesn't exist. There's a new one. Um, so, yeah. It's, so, in this one, instead of a board game, it's uh, it's going to be video games. And it's like, instead of just a brother and sister who were semi-orphans, you have this kind of like bref- breakfast club-esque like, archetype who have to work together to uh-huh. get back to the real world.
1: So, in an interview with Vanity Fair, Matt Tolmock spoke about the difficulty of making a sequel without the show's original star – Uh, He said, quote, there are a lot of people in their 30s and 40s who hold this movie very near and dear. This was a seminal movie for them, and Robin Williams was fondly remembered for his role in it. It was a tipping point for visual effects in movies, and it's imprinted very vividly on people. We wanted to make a movie that honored the spirit of Robin and the legacy of the movie, yet take it in a completely different direction, which I think you had to do. And they did a good job of.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so they had the script since 2012, but couldn't quite crack it until community screenwriter Chris McKinnis stepped in. He came to him with a pitch. And Chris, you know, he said he, he, he's a big dude. He's very tall. And he said that, you know, he's an avid video game player. And he used to come home from school feeling all these things that you felt in high school, you know, uncomfortable in your own body, don't really like it. But then you would go into these video games and make these avatars. And I definitely remember that because you had games like RuneScape, World of Warcraft came out while we were in high school. And these were games where you got to play As these different characters, but still, it was like an avatar to represent yourself. Like, you know, if you're playing like a halo, you're like playing as master chief, but in a lot of massively multiplayer online games, you're playing as this character you're creating that represents yourself. And so I always found it fascinating me, uh, mostly because for me, I typically do like it, 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 it's such an interesting kind of point to make. And I'm not really trying to say it as a flex or anything, but I could, I always knew I was like pretty okay with my self image because when I played video games, I always wanted it to look like me. Like I never wanted, but meanwhile, I had like certain friends who like always made them look buffer than themselves yeah. or like always played like a woman. And there's, you know, I'm not saying that that means anything in particular, but it is funny to see like if you're playing a game, whether or not you want to make the hero yourself or you're like, no, this has to be something completely different than me
1: yeah Uh, another thing that mckenna who actually worked on the first script with eric somers uh, his writing partner on the lego batman movie and spider-man far from home did not realize that they wrote both of those uh shared his opinion on sequels in the same article he said i don't love reboots you can't have another two kids find the board game you have to reinvent it you have to do the opposite and go into the game uh, and so like if he said they wanted to treat it like the Breakfast Club, which was essentially like the nerd, the jock, the princess, the high strung Tracy Flick type uh, and force them to all work together. According to The Rock, <laughs> J- Dwayne Johnson, the film was partially inspired by video games from the 90s. Yeah. It does very much have that like Tomb Raider, Metal Gear, Crash Bandicoot like elements of it. Uh, there's actually an entire list of games under Island Survival that also plays into the storytelling of Jumanji.
0: By the way, bef- before we ran- run right by it, because we said it so matter of factly, you you know who Tracy Flick is, right? No. Uh, have you ever seen the Reese Witherspoon movie Election?
1: barely remember okay it. so
0: that's tracy flick that's the type so she if, you, if you've never seen election and the only reason i wanted to point it out is because this character is so funny and also because i had to do this scene with a scene partner in my acting class uh so i i really got to learn but election is about like you're super type a person and she wanted to be class president and of course she knew she was the best for it so it was like that stereotypical like Book smart, super driven. I think another comparison would be like Amy Poehler's character in Parks and Rec, where they're just like super invested in themselves. So if you ever hear like Tracy Fleck, that's the kind of uh, what they're talking about.
1: Love it. I also, this was, you know, the start of this, not start, but it was like more into this uh, Rock and Kevin Hart bromance. Their mm-hmm. relationship is hilarious to me because they just like dog each other so much.
0: I know. And if I can just for a second to take a step out of this from just looking at it as is, but just also from a, you know, creative social media marketing aspect, it's so such a great idea when you (laughs) can be known to just as the way you interact with people, because it just makes people more interested in you ribbing each other. And I think I, you know, a lot of the guys and white women, we get that a lot because we obviously grief each other online. So I'm always up for it. And I love seeing it because like it's but it's just kind of like it's kind of like when you see people, you know, you're hanging out and, you know, you have those two friends that always give each other a hard time. You just love watching it. And so I love that they both lean into it, like the fact that, like, when the and you're and I think you're a thousand percent right. I think this movie was the beginning where they first started really doing it because uh it was this um actually when did the first one come out? Uh the first Jumanji? 1995. No, no. I mean the first
1: 2017.
0: So it was like right after Central Intelligence. So they did that movie together. And I don't know. I don't know if you saw that or remember it. I I remember it. It was all right. You know, it was great. I actually really liked it. But so like they it's when they kind of like right on the cusp of when they started doing movies together and is the 100 percent reason that why now. Kevin Hart appears in Hobbs and Shaw randomly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I... I
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. I love the... I follow him. He's definitely, definitely must follow on Instagram. I mean, he's very inspirational. He's working out like 4 a.m. even though he has to be on set at 6 a.m. and he was up until midnight uh, filming... But what I love is he he somehow spun this this last year a bunch of our friends went to the press junket. They normally have it in like Hawaii or Mexico or whatever um, for a lot of these jungle like that in Jurassic world they did that. Um, they'll fly out press to like, you know, where they filmed and stuff or like a more tropical area. And he somehow spun it into his tequila. You know, he has a tequila company. No, I did not. Oh my gosh. If you follow him on Instagram, he like every third post is one about his tequila company, which is fine. Like I I love the man. I support (laughs) POC run businesses. Um, But it was just funny because it was like also kind of like fit in with the theme and it was like at the junket, like also tequila. You know, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, But yeah, so the 2017 film, what I did remember from it was my favorite. Jonas Brother was in it. Nick Jonas. Um, And how The Rock's character, his like superpower was the Smolder. Mm, Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, And they had to actually convince director Jake Kasdan to do that, which is so funny because I bet on paper it doesn't sound as funny as when he actually does it. So the film grossed $962 962 million worldwide it became the fifth highest grossing film of 2017 but the 50th highest grossing film of all time. Oh nice. Which is fascinating I mean it is a it is a sequel but it's not necessarily like you know some of the other ones that we're looking at like again they're going up against Star Wars and so it's it's a fascinating conversation for me to be like, people aren't going to the movies anymore. Or I guess if they are, are they going just for these? But like, this is a well-known IP, but I wouldn't consider it up in the realm of Marvel DC or Disney. So it is fascinating that it still made it into the fifth, highest grossing films of all time. That is just a fascinating. Yeah.
0: No, that's,
1: um, so we had, uh, I did, I did want to say before we moved on that also worked on the screenplay with Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner, I didn't want to leave them out. They yeah, also yeah. wrote it uh, in a collaboration, but it did star Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillian, who you will recognize as uh, Nebula, yeah, and Nick Jonas and Bobby Cannavale. It's actually set 21 years after the original Jumanji, and they do, of course, make a reference to pay tribute to Robin Williams by mentioning his character's name, by mentioning Alan Parrish.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's, it's so dope uh, because, yeah, they find uh, this old video game console. They're drawn into the game's jungle setting and they become adult avatars uh, of the characters they chose. And they found that uh, you don't just play the game, you must survive it. So, and it's just kind of the same beat as the board game. You have to beat the game to escape the game. So now they're fighting for their lives, literally, to beat it. Uh. This
1: is really fascinating because Bradley Pierce, who again played Peter Shepard in the original one, he actually told E News that the remake was, quote, unnecessary and kind of insulting. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's been quite a while since the first one came out. Yeah. It's a really good concept. I mean, it's. So and f- they updated it in a way that was kept it fresh.
0: I know. It's, it's, that's, that's always such a, um, interesting take is this idea of unnecessary because like when when is a sequel necessary and then totally, the yeah. and, and and you know it's it, i think the best answer i kind of uh got for it was from Alonzo um Duralde from Huchacha who, who also is a review editor for the rap who said you know he really enjoyed Frozen 2 even though it's an unnecessary uh sequel and someone in the Who Shot you, um, group was like, well, what what is that? What mm-hmm. is that? And he was like, well, to me, he was like, unnecessary is that, you know, a necessary sequel is a story that isn't finished. And then you do it. And then an unnecessary is just kind of when you're just doing it again. Uh, and I feel like that that's. I mean, like when you put it like that, I feel like it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it just unnecessary feels like such a negative word because it's like it's unneeded. You don't you want it. But it's like I think as long as people are interested in the IP It is necessary because you want to feed that IP. Because what are you going to No one's going to rebuy the old movie. You know, what are you going to do? Put out a criterion, you know,
1: (laughs) collection? Well, what's fascinating is you brought up Frozen 2 because when I was doing press, uh, when I was interviewed, I was the. host and moderator for a lot of the pre- the Ralph stuff. And actually Disney gave me that question to ask the filmmakers, I think also to get ahead of the press. Yeah. Uh, so I would ask them as the moderator uh, and it was, you know, why did you, you know, the, the film, it kind of wrapped everything up with these characters. Why did you want to revisit it? And that is exactly on the money. If he is, I think, um, there's more story that could be told mm-hmm. is normally what they say. Like there's more you could do with these characters. And I think they were like, we we're, we weren't done telling their story. Yeah. Um. Same with frozen. It's like, yeah, you could just leave it at that. Or we could kind of play around with them more. What else can they do? What yeah. other worlds can they explore? Um. What else can we explore with their growth? And so same with Incredibles. I mean, actually, all of those in Finding Dory and it's like all of those don't necessarily need Toy Story fit perfectly. It was beautiful. But a lot of people love Toy Story 2, 3 and 4. So, you know, it's uh, it's not necessarily. a n of course, it's not necessary. Yeah,
0: but it it's interesting because you're interested in the IP. And I think I would argue that the Jumanji reboot was necessary, because, I mean, now tabletop games are starting to take over, but, you know, for a while, like, you know, video games are the new hit, so you are updating a story for a new audience. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that the sequel is necessary because of that reason.
1: Yeah. We have to take another quick break, and then we're going to hop into more of Jumanji.
0: Ooh.
1: But first... We want to talk to you all about ExpressVPN.
0: Yes, we do.
1: Yeah. So with all the recent news about online security breaches, which is actually really scary, it's hard not to worry about where all of our data goes. And making an online purchase or simply accessing your email could put your private information at risk. Yeah. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile or internet provider. Uh, Not only can they record your browsing history... That's also scary, but they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. And that's why we decided to take
0: back our privacy using ExpressVPN. It has an easy-to-use app that runs seamlessly in the background of our computers, phones, and tablets. And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes our internet browsing by encrypting our data and hiding our public IP address. And protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than 7 bucks a month. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So, if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. And if you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, guess what? ExpressVPN is the answer.
1: Yeah, so protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com/. Nerd, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash N E R D for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash nerd to learn more we are back talking about jumanji so yes. the new one drops this weekend yes. uh it's jumanji the next level i should have said the other one was jumanji welcome to the jungle yeah. which is actually my favorite guns and roses really um and i think i need to clear i don't know if i said this on here okay so maybe it was the episode with joelle i listened to duff mckagan he's the uh bass player for guns and roses and i listened to his audiobook, uh it's So Easy and Other Lies, I think is the name of it. Highly recommend because he also talks about Pearl Jam, you know, losing his friend, like all the hair metal days, like losing yeah. his friends to drugs, how he like, oh my gosh, like his spleen or something burst, his stomach Oof. burst. They were drinking so much. I mean, he's totally sober now and a really, really great guy. Great dad, great husband, like very pro women, like goes to marches and stuff. But he... um, Back when he was younger, he was drinking so much, his stomach exploded and um, he he said like his legs were cramping and it was like his stomach acid was actually going into his like It was oh. wild. But what I was going to say is uh, this has a point. I think the fact that I brought up was that Duff Beer from The Simpsons was named after him. He actually said really? that in his auto on his autobiography, but it turns out that's kind of not true because Matt grading said, no, that's, that's absurd. Like that's absurd. And then (laughs) Duff was like, well, I think it's absurd that he said that it was absurd or whatever. (laughs) And so it was so funny, but like several people at the Simpsons have been like, we did not name it after you. Um, Although it is kind of fascinating because it was kind of like the same time. Yeah. And Duff said like, you know, he started to see people wearing t-shirts of Duff, beer like at his things. But anyways, I want to clarify that that apparently both sides are sticking to <laughs> their story and uh, I don't know which one is true. Um so the last movie was Welcome to the Jungle. This one is The Next Level. And uh someone that we know, Aquafina is going to be in it. iffy yeah.
0: That's I'm drinking that Aquafina juice. Mm-hmm. I you know, saw The Farewell, she crushed it in that. Then I watched Crazy Rich Asians and I'm like, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, so That's, it is.
0: Let's be a power couple.
1: The, God. This is directed by Jake Kasdan again. Um, so the premise is unknown to his friends, Spencer kept the pieces of the Jumanji video game and one day repaired the system in the basement of his grandfather's house. When Spencer's friends, Bethany Fridge and Martha, arrive, they find Spencer missing and the game running and decide to re enter Jumanji. Jumanji to save him. Spencer's grandfather, Eddie, and his friend Milo Walker hear the commotion and inadvertently get sucked into the game. That's the part I'm excited about, too. Uh, before any of Spencer's friends can select their avatars with a new quest offered to them by Nigel Billingsley, the teenage friends must help Eddie and Milo get used to their... N- Their in-game avatars get them to help find Spencer and Bethany and escape Jumanji once again and for all unless they decide to do another sequel. There are new people joining the team, Danny DeVito and Danny Glover.
0: Oh my gosh, I love Danny DeVito with all my heart. I do too. I do
1: too. Uh, And it looks like we're going to have Nick Jonas reprising his role and uh colin hanks as well he did pop up remember in the original one
0: and what's interesting is apparently the jumanji the next level is going to be the first hollywood film to be shown in the united states with its immersive cinema experience technology that comes from uh the the french multiplex company cgr cinemas and uh it was launched three years ago by CGR in the immersive format, works with five LED panels flanking each side of the auditorium, filling peripheral vision with the complementary oh. colors. And Regal LA Live, whoop, whoop, is, uh, is all um, the Regal LA Live complex, was also one of the earliest sites with 4DX technology from Korea from based company CG4D Plex, in addition to real 3D, 3D tuck. 3d installation so it seems like uh they might be it might who knows maybe uh Regal LA Live is going to be the first to rock with that. Um,
1: I can't remember if they were the ones that ha- I think they were, but I saw the Meg in 40.
0: Oh well, I mean, <laughs> like we
1: did it as a, my friends and I like Joe. Like we'll just go and see whatever, and yeah. like pay- it's way too expensive, yeah. and you get water like Sported squirted, squirted you. at you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny to me. They should do more, like, but really do it. Like there, yeah, I think f- there was a helicopter scene, and like it's like you know all this blowing air at you, and like, but yeah, I really want it to be like you know. So Soaring the Disneyland ride. Oh, yeah. Um, and when you're soaring over California, you're soaring over these orange uh, trees, and then they like spray all the orange so it smells like fresh oranges. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. Oh, yeah. I want to watch I'd Jumanji. Like I want like mosquitoes flying at me. <laughs> I want it to smell like uh, sewer.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, I need it. I need The swamp. This. Oh, yeah, it's stanking here. We in a stanky place.
1: Uh, if you guess how much the rock may just take a guess what do you think that he made for this 10 million iffy i w- i would think like yeah like how much would he get paid 23.5 million
0: <sighs> yeah that's a bit. what do
1: you even do you make tequila yeah well because
0: and it makes sense to make <laughs> tequila it makes sense too because a movie like this is going to definitely do well overseas so they're probably expecting a lot in return so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that that's gonna be small pill this, this might be a close to billion dollar uh gross. this is
1: gonna do really well with the holiday mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people aren't just gonna see one You know, you're there, you're off. The kids are off for like two weeks. So you're probably going to see like one or two films. Um, So I'm sure everyone's going to go see Star Wars, but also this is coming out during the holidays. So you're definitely going to take your family friendly, fun, (laughs) non-controversial Jumanji. Yeah. Uh, So this was also produced by both Seven Bucks Productions, which is if you followed The Rock, you would know that's his production company because he tweets about it a lot. And Heartbeat, which is also
0: Kevin Kevin Hart's. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is a uh, very stacked. Good. yeah, stacked, stacked, stacked production list. So yeah, go out and see it. Like, you know, there's not much more to say, uh, you know, b- besides reviewing the movie, but I haven't seen it yet. So, you know, go, go see it. Are you a fan of Jumanji? Are you a fan of the new ones? Let us know on line.
1: Or are you just a fan of The Rock?
0: Ooh, I mean that, who's going to blame you?
1: He's so I know everybody's like he should run for president. I'm like, but then you would not like him.
0: Yeah, because it's so
1: funny is the people that we love it eventually like their political stances and whatever, like. Are flawed, you know, they are. Um, And then, you know, they have to do things that we might not agree with. They have to like all the stuff and then you just would not like him. Um, anymore. Anyways, that got dark. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you, Danny? Um, well, you know, actually, tonight, y'all. Uh, thank you to everyone that watched me on the CW on Sunday. I am also going to be on the Crisis aftermath show tonight with kevin smith it comes on after the flash myself and a bunch of other guests are breaking down the crisis episodes but we're also just talking about dc cool stuff in general um and and you know growing up with these characters so check it out it comes on after the flash and if you miss it i don't know um i'm sure you can watch it online (laughs) what about you ife
0: you know me. You can find me at way on Twitter and Instagram. Ifd's on Twitch. If you want the Discord, it's discord.gg forward slash salt squad. And we keep the discussion going in there. Of course, tpublic.com forward slash nerdificent You need gifts. You know you need it. You just thought about it right now. You're like, oh, I forgot I need a GIF. So what you can do is is go to Tee public get some mugs some t-shirts Ooh. send that to all your friends
1: and also like tag Iffy and I please yeah. cuz that's the only way we're going to see it it's like, tag both of us and um and then we can reshare it if yeah. you want us to i
0: know if you want us to uh but you know like we always say stay nerdy stay
1: nerdy
0: Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers.
1: There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address.
0: Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with... Dua Lipa! The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's
1: number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening.